Well, welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Chris Honholtz joining you this week. This is uh, Saturday's December 2nd, 2023. Uh, we are doing something a little bit different this week. As we have told you, we're trying to put out some YouTube content. And so what we're going to do today is give you a taste of what that YouTube content is like through an audio podcast. Now, the reason we're doing this is that we wanted to share something that I put out earlier this week for the YouTube channel in terms of dealing with the issue of bridling our tongue, how we speak to one another as Christians when we're discussing and debating various issues of theology. Because when it comes to the internet, there are times when we can be a little more hard-edged than we ought to be. Scripture does give us a command as to how we ought to speak. However, not everybody who is an audio listener would get a chance to see uh, see that on YouTube, so we would like to share that with you here through the podcast format. Hopefully what this will do is help you give a a taste, a flavor of what we're trying to do with the YouTube channel. Maybe that'll help you uh, decide whether you'd like to subscribe to it or not. And if not, maybe you know someone who prefers to use YouTube. So while we don't want to just simply use YouTube to be, oh, here's video of what we just said on the audio, uh, we do want it to be a, a useful tool for people who prefer a video format. So while we will continue to do the podcast, we'll try to put more content as time permits us on YouTube. So this is a chance for us to share that with you and maybe give you an option to hear this out here and then maybe consider whether you'd want to listen to or and watch more content uh, of differing topics on YouTube as well. So with that, I'm going to share this week's program with you want you to know that the music on this one does sound a little bit different because the audio that was provided to us way back when when we got started by a good friend who is well he's no longer with us he's now worshiping with uh, the lord in heaven for eternity and look forward to the day we get to meet him face to face he provided us with a few different uh song backgrounds and this is audio is going to sound a little bit different to you uh, so i'm just going to play it in its entirety so you hear and, and get the feel for that so if if this is a useful tool if you guys find it uh helpful to you i'm going to ask not only go and watch that but you uh, share it with people you know who are youtube users and that's their preferred format so hopefully that will you know give people another way to hear what we put out so god bless you guys thank you so much enjoy this week's program and we look forward to speaking with you next time Welcome once again, everybody, to a Voice of Reason Radio video edition. Uh, glad to have you guys with me today. I uh, wanted to post a video today because I saw something on Twitter that I thought I thought was a useful conversation because I think a lot of us are having the, these thoughts in terms of how we interact online, especially at a period in time when interaction with the culture, interaction with 
um, people of differing viewpoints, especially when we are dealing with a culture that is very set on being anti-God, anti-Scripture, anti-Christ. And how do we interact with that, uh, especially as we see how evil, I guess would be the word for it, how evil so much of what the the world at large, the leftist secular humanist agenda, which is really intent upon destroying anything that is even remotely biblical and uh, instituting and just evil regime and, and really standing against God, setting itself up as God itself. How do we interact with that? And one of the issues that's come out of that is, I think, a a discussion of language, how we speak, how we talk, how we present to the world at large, especially when the world has no problem being vile with us. It has no problem being evil in its language. It has no problem with harshness and bitterness. And how do we deal with that, especially as we are contending for what is right and good. And one of the big concerns as we go forward is, uh, for example, what's happening to children. You know, this issue of transgender uh, ideology being not just discussed, but like imposed upon children. Uh, we, We did a video just uh, last week about the woman standing there with a newborn baby saying, gay baby, gay baby, please be gay, like enforcing this upon it. And so how do we as Christians interact with something that is so vile, so evil, so anti-God, so uh, orchestrated against even the most vulnerable among us? And I I believe there is a a tendency to want to vent that anger and that frustration. And I think as we have post Donald Trump election going back to 2016, we have seen in the culture that there is, okay, we've had enough of being nice. We've had enough of statesmanship. We've had enough of politicians who speak well, but we're not getting the results we want. And yet you have those who are uh, unwilling or who are not who are willing to do evil and speak evil and do all this damage and and stand against God. And you want us to play nice? No, we're not going to do that anymore. And we saw how effective, in a sense, that was in the 2016 election with Donald Trump. And I think going forward, it's kind of been, let's fight fire with fire. And that's culturally speaking. Uh, There was a lot of that discussion. And since then, especially now that we are under the Biden regime, and I agree with Dr. James White, this is not an administration. <laughs> this is a regime. They are uh, trying to rule by force, by fiat, and uh, they are going to do whatever they can to eliminate freedom in any way, shape, or form and will impose their will upon the people. So I agree. It is a regime. And so how do we do that? And so there has been, as many of these discussions have gone forward, um, about how does the Christian church, how does it interact with the culture? How does it respond? How does it bring the message of the gospel? How does it then seek to reverse the damage done by the evil being perpetrated uh, upon God's people, upon his church, and upon uh, you know, the culture at large? 
And I think this has always been my contention is that post 2016, that hard edge, that, that willingness to be more forceful in our language, more harsh, more condemnatory, more, look, we're ready to punch someone in the mouth, verbally speaking. And I think that's just become something that's become the norm. And there are those of us who have said, I don't think that's what we're called to do as Christians. There is so much in scripture about how we're to conduct ourselves. And when you speak to that, then there are those who will say, well, you're just effeminate, you're gay, you, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're limp-wristed, you're spineless, you're, uh, you, you want trans kids, you want, uh, you know, you want uh, these evil secular humanists running the, the nation. And, and this kind of language, this kind of discussion occurs on the, the internet oftentimes. I don't think it's quite as common in terms of uh, maybe face-to-face discussions. Uh, I think there is something about the anonymity of social media, even when you have your name next to your social media with your picture, which I do. Uh, I don't use a screen name. Uh, <laughs> so I take full responsibility for the things I say. And uh, But yet there's still a sense of anonymity because the person on the other end of that uh, screen is nothing but you know, pixels. It's numbers, it's digits, it's letters, it's not a person. And so it's much easier to lose a sense of humanity, even when we're talking amongst brethren. And so as we are interacting with which is in that which is vile and evil, no question about it, there is, I think, a tendency to want to use that harder edge to emphasize just how bad something is. We want to say that trans and kids is evil. We want to say that LGBTQIA2S plus, I think that got them all, um, is evil and it is vile and it is damaging to, uh, to, to women, damaging to children. Uh, we want to talk about abortion and the, and the vile uh, practice of murdering children in the womb. And we feel that there's a need to punctuate that about how bad that is. And I, I, to a certain extent, I can agree with that. I, I, I don't think that because we are Christians and we are called to a certain manner of speech that we have to lack um, passion and firmness and um, the ability to communicate how evil something is. But I do believe Scripture gives us the boundaries of how far we can go and when we can do that. And so uh, I saw it was this uh, Dr. Jordan Cooper on Twitter. I I, I believe he's um, yeah president president of ALTS uh, director of Justin Center. Uh, he's a a Lutheran, a Lutheran as I recall. Uh, it's been a while since I followed him, but somebody shared something he posted today about uh, the importance of using gracious speech, and I thought it was really informative, very helpful. It was reflecting much of what I thought. And so I just first I, I want to run some through some thoughts to give to you, and then maybe go through this, uh, some of the things that Dr. Cooper said. Because when we are talking about our our manner of speech as Christians, I think there is a tendency to want to defend hard speech, a, t- a tendency to say, "Well, if you don't like what I said, you know, if you don't like me calling you," I think somebody said, "If you don't like hearing someone being called a wuss, well, you'd really hate to hear what Elijah said or what Jesus said to the the you know the false teachers or whatever." I mean, you know, Jesus had a whip of cords. There's a tendency to want to defend that, and I can understand again to an extent why um, we want to be able to push back against the culture and. Sh- pretty much put in their face, I don't want to say shove in their face, but put in their face 
how wicked they are. And so we want to defend that hard speech. But the the necessity, and, and I will kind of uh, quote a good friend of mine, uh, Kofi, who said that, that, you know, he differentiated in his uh, posting on this on, on social media recently about the difference between unnecessarily unnecessary harsh speech versus there may be times when it is of necessity to speak more harshly, to speak more firmly on a matter than in others. But, and I will agree with Dr. Jordan Cooper on this, um, the commands of scripture are not abrogated by though that those times exist or, and they're not abrogated by the fact that we see in scripture where hard speech is given, nor uh, or is, it, uh, is the fact that we have the reformers or the Puritans or anybody who has spoken in such a way, does it abrogate the commandments of Scripture? So I, we have to remember that. Scripture gives us those guardrails. It tells us what we can do, what we should do, what we are co- commanded to do, how to think, live, speak, and act, right? Scripture tells us that. And so Anytime we want to speak and communicate the truths of Scripture, we are confined to Scripture first, not to the exceptions, not to the examples of where it happened, but what Scripture has commanded you and I. Now, one of the things I, I want to say first is in uh, is that, and, and Dr. Jordan Cooper actually pointed this one out, the book of James actually clearly gives us some commands with regard to that. And we, if when we're looking at chapter 1, starting in verse 19, uh, James writes to his readers, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The first thing that we've got to remember is that we are called to be hearers first. All right, we, we have a message to speak, but before we're talking, we're listening. And I think a lot of times is that we, we won't, it's a human nature to want to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, we listen enough to find a place to jump in and interject what we want to say. We're not good listeners. And I'm, I'm very guilty of this. Every one of us has done this. We're not slow to, or, you know, slow to hear or slow to speak. We are slow to hear and quick to speak. And the, one of the first things he's telling us in this passage is we got to do it the reverse. Slow down before you open your mouth. Don't be quick to speak and don't be quick to be angry. I know that's really hard right now when we are watching what is going on in the world, especially when we see what is happening to children, uh, you know, the most, the most vulnerable amongst us, that children are being indoctrinated in this vile, destructive ideology. Of course, there is an anger that comes with that, up with that. And it is a, in some cases, can be a righteous indignation, a righteous anger. But that doesn't mean that we are allowed to be quick about it and vent it out the words that come out of our mouth so often, so quickly. We need to be slow to speak, slow to anger that, and make sure that that anger is, uh, is, prudent. It is right. It is biblical. It's not angry because I hate what I see and and it's right to hate it. It is right to have a righteous hatred of sin, but that doesn't mean I get to be unrighteously angry. And I can't, I don't get to also disguise my anger 
uh, as as being righteous indignation so that I have the ability to speak as I wish. I still need to be slow to speak. Okay. Um, he also says in verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but receives his heart, uh, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. See, this thing, this thing is a is a world of evil. He actually says that in, uh, you know, in in the later in the in the book that the tongue. <clears throat> Is a, a can set the world on fire. It's the small rudder on a ship, right? It, yet it, it can set the world ablaze. It takes just that much, and we seem to have the worst ability taming it. It's in fact, he says that you know, of our own ability, we don't tame it. But if we don't bridle our tongue, if we don't control our speech. Our religion is worthless. And I can hear it now. I can hear the objections. Oh, well, you know, if you hate that, you'd hate what Jesus said. If you, if you, if you say you need to control your speech, you'd hate what Elijah said or, or Isaiah or any of the prophets. Again, the command is to bridle the tongue. We have a responsibility to do so because we have been commanded to do so. All right. And in one of the reasons we do that is because we are called with this amazing message of the gospel. We are called to proclaim to the world that your debt in trespasses and sins, what you are doing is an exact expectation of how evil your heart would be working itself out completely. I, we fully expect this is going to happen because of how vile and evil you are in your heart. And that evil that resides here is what's going to condemn you before God. You will stand in judgment one day. But Christ in his mercy came down out of heaven, took on humanity, lived a sinless life, and then died a death of his own choosing. You know, he, It wasn't man that forced him into the situation. He chose to do this. He chose to, 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 uh, to suffer the, the beatings and the scourgings and the death on the cross in your place so that if you would repent and put your faith in him for his, uh, his death in your behalf and then his re resurrection from the grave, defeating sin and death, then you will be saved and you will receive his righteousness. That's our message. That's the gospel message we are to proclaim. And we are to bridle our tongue because we are under the command of the Savior who purchased us under that gospel. And so therefore, we speak this overwhelming, glorious, gracious message of salvation, but we do so because we love Christ and we love those who uh, are facing judgment and who one who were once like ourselves condemned and on their way to hell and we want them to be as we are now and that is standing before Christ redeemed purchased and one day spending eternity uh, with him in glory so we bridle our tongue because we are called to bring that message. It doesn't mean, now bridling one's tongue doesn't mean we never speak against evil because we do. That is the very 
message of the gospel that what is going on in the world is evil. It is vile. It is a product of a sinful heart, and it is a the outcome of which is condemnation. So, of course, we speak against it. And like John the Baptist, we have the command to speak the truth to those in sin. John the Baptist lost his head. Why? Because he stood before Herod and he said, it is not right for you to have your brother's wife. He spoke against sin. He spoke to a governing official telling him, you know better. You know this is a sin. You know this is wrong. And you need to repent of it. That is his message to Herod. And he lost his head for it. So do we speak against the culture and, and, and its sinful practices? Do we tell the government, you're in sin, you ought not be doing these things. You will stand judged. Of course we do. And we do so with the power of Scripture. We do that with this, the Word of God. We stand up and we preach the truth. And so there is a place for passionate, powerful rebuke of sin. But we still have to bridle that tongue. We cannot let our desire to expose sin and to, um, to, to proclaim the truth of the scriptures to the world be a reason we get to speak outside of the boundaries of that bridled tongue. All right. We also, when we look at the book of Philippians, one of the ways that we do that is when Paul writes to the Philippians, he says that do nothing from selfish ambition, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Look each of you, or me, let each of you, excuse me, look not only to his own interest, but to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or, or held on to for advantage, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, humbled himself to be uh, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There is this humility. I, I mean, understand this: Christ, our Savior step down out of heaven, the, the Lord of glory, step down out of heaven and didn't just go, you know what, I, I, I'm, I, I have this equality with the Father. I, I am God incarnate and I can, I'm just going to hold on to this because uh, you know, I'm not going to relinquish this in any way. I'm not going to uh, you know, be humbled in any way. He didn't do that. He humbled himself as a servant so that he might purchase salvation for us. And he comes to earth in this form of a humble servant, living a life of destitute, you know, anonymity for 33 some years, or for about 30, 33 years, uh, living with questionable parentage, living, uh, you know, by the sweat of his brow, you know, doing hard labor. Um, all of the things that, I mean, the lowest of the low, that's what he became. And he lived that way so that he could serve and be obedient to his father for the purpose of purchasing salvation through his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. We are called to count others as more significant than ourselves. And one of the things that I think when we are dealing with the issue of bridling our tongue is we don't want to count others more significant. I think there's a, a part of us that justifies it because 
I see how wicked this is. I see how evil this is. I have a right to speak. I have a duty to speak. And I'm going to put it in your face. And I'm going to get angry with you. And I'm going to say all these things to make you feel bad. The humility level begins to drop. We, we have, I think, a right desire that we want to speak against vile evils of our day. I think it's absolutely necessary. But rather than a righteous indignation that, that causes us to then submit to the word, and submit to the commands of God, that unrighteous indignation, because now I'm incensed, I'm angry, now becomes a foil for the language that I use and the, and the manner in which I speak. And so that becomes the problem. What are good and right intentions can suddenly be supplanted by my own personal sense of indignation. And once I f find a way to justify that and I find others who will agree with me, then we just kind of keep feeding. It's kind of like a feedback loop just keeps going over and over and it just gets worse and gets louder and gets uh, longer. And we neglect what scripture commands of us. Now to that end, I just want to kind of quickly go through uh, what Dr. Jordan Cooper said he, he quoted from many uh, various scriptures, uh, including James and Proverbs, Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. That's, that's a command. That's, that's, not a, that's not a suggestion. That's a command that no unwholesome words can come from our mouths, right? Titus 3.2, to speak, and I'm only quoting a few of these, uh, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Uh, James uh, 1.19, I just read, of course. First uh, Peter 3.15, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense for everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you with gentleness, yet with gentleness and reverence. All right. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right. And uh, and finally, what I'll go with is, uh, last one is uh, Colossians 4.6, let your speech always, always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So there's a number of texts. He, he quotes quite a few more. And then he does a thread in which he responds to this kind of tendency to be hard-edged, to be kind of harsh in our speech, uh, and to justify it. And so um, he, he makes a point here where he says it was precisely this otherworldly approach to one another that the Christians had, formed by grace and love, which is what changed the Roman Empire. It was no combative rhetoric. That's an excellent point. When we think about it, today we want to speak in this angry manner. We want to we want to talk about how vile and evil it is, right? And we, we want to kind of get in the face and be angry with those who are perpetuating the evil, and understandably so. But Dr. Cooper makes a very good point. You consider the vile evils of the Roman Empire, the, the very empire that put Christ on the cross, and what was it that turned that empire upside down? It was the... The, the proclamation of the gospel from the very men who penned these words who called us to wholesome speech, right? Um, and 
as he says, and I and, and I I pointed out here that he often gets two objections. One is uh, that they give insults, which I've I've seen, and so many of you. But then there's also well, Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs, right? And you know the the examples of well here here in Scripture, there in Scripture, this is where harsh spe- uh, speech was. Um, I have to agree with him to uh, on this to a certain extent. He says the, in his response, the New Testament never once tells us to mirror this way of speaking in our interactions with the world. It repeatedly cites Jesus's silence of the governor as the model we are to follow with our speech. Further, these are the words of Jesus, the Lord of the covenant, condemning those who had broken the law and set themselves up as teachers of the covenant. We are not lords of the covenant. Thus, we cannot dispense covenant curses in the way Jesus himself could. Now, I will say... I think to a certain extent, I won't fully agree with him. I think we can at times when it is appropriate to do so and justifiable under the principles of scripture that we may have, we may be able to speak more forcefully, right? Um, certainly that uh, when Jesus said to the, you know, the false teachers, you're whitewashed tombs. I think that's an indication that there are times when you call th- something what it is. So, for example, one of the big issues of our day is, I think, has rightly been referred to as grooming. Now, in times past, we would say grooming was somewhat a sexual predator who specifically would target a person or more specifically often a child and would groom them in certain ways to make their sexual predation on that person acceptable to them to where they could get what they want. Well, that definition has been expanded somewhat because we are watching an entire generation of children being groomed by an ideology uh, through LGBTism uh, and stuff of not just this is in the world and you need to be aware of it, but rather you need to accept, celebrate, affirm, and you might even need to be those things as we talked about in the last video. So um, to call that what it is, to call it grooming, to say this is a vile, evil practice. You are teaching children to sin against God. And Jesus had something to say about that. He said, it is better that a millstone be hung around your neck and you be drowned in the depths of the sea than to teach one of these little ones to sin. I think there are appropriate times to say exactly what scripture says about that and to do so with power and firmness and passion. But that's not the same as saying, oh, you're effeminate, you're gay, you're this, you're that, you're, you're uh, you know, we're, we're going to call you names, we're going to insult you, we're going to attack you verbally. Um, we can speak forcefully, we can speak passionately and firmly, but we still need to do so from a place of humility and meekness because we are called to that. That is what we are called to. We are not called to be, and this is going to get me uh, get some folks angry with me, we're not called to be soldiers and warriors wielding broadswords and hacking off limbs everywhere we go. We are called to be the meek and humble servants of Jesus Christ proclaiming the message of the gospel. And so, yes, Scripture does say those things, you know, give us those examples of times when harsh and condemnatory speech was absolutely appropriate. But it also commands us to bridle our tongues. It commands us to speak with graciousness, to be our, to have our speech seasoned with salt, to make other, to uh, see others as more significant than ourselves, to be humble servants, to mind our, uh, basically mind our own lives and kind of take care of ourselves. It gives us many, many commands that are not abrogated by the fact that 
evil exists in the world and will continue to until Christ returns. So I, I do say that, um, and he gives one further point. I think this is absolutely correct. Uh, one third example, he says, well, Luther said mean, mean things, which is what I got at earlier. The, the reformers, Puritans, and others have said things that were harsh and they were diff- uh, difficult and they were uh, had an edge to them. Well, his response, I think, is a good one. With regard to Luther, he did go to he did go too far with his rhetoric, but that's irrelevant to the question of permissibility of profane speech. And I think that's exactly it. Because just because we see examples of profane speech, just because we see examples of someone being mean or harsh uh, in Scripture or throughout uh, the church history, doesn't mean that. The commands, as I said, are abrogated. You still have to contend with that. Now, here's where I would, you know, kind of want to wrap this up. We need to remember that we, despite our vile wickedness, because we were just like the world that we we see the sin in, and, and that sin that we hate and we want to see done away with, that was us. That's what God saved. That was we were we were just like that, all right. If we were unsaved today, maybe we were saved yesterday or last week or last year. Maybe it was ten years ago or like myself to over twenty years ago. The person I was then is no less evil than what is going on in the world right now. And if I was that same evil person twenty years later. Who's to say that I wouldn't have been supporting these things? I'd like to think I wouldn't. I'd like to think there would be an ounce of common sense somewhere in my brain cells still functioning. But I can't say that I wouldn't because as we are watching things happen in this society, as we're watching the culture and the the world at large come apart at the seams, um, we can't know where our hearts would be. We, We just don't know what kind of persons we would be at, we would like to think we wouldn't, but we just don't know. But our sin was no less vile, and yet God is gracious enough to send someone with the word of God through the scriptures, through the proclamation of the gospel, to speak humbly, charitably, graciously the truth to us. And he redeemed us out of that. So this idea that, well, it's the battle is so important. The cultural battle must be so uh, engaged at the same level that they are fighting with that we just cannot afford to be patient and gracious and, and, and showing kindness. I didn't say niceness, kindness, because scripture does command kindness. Um, that we can't afford that. It's too important to win this fight you are then rejecting what you as Christians were called to do and where you in the and your time in history right now as bad as it is is not as vile as other points in history the roman empire was a wicked empire and people lived in that there are people today living in third world nations who are living in communist nations who are living in tyrannical regimes that face far more difficulty and evil and trial and suffering and persecution than, than we currently do. I'm not saying we're not facing it. We are to some extent. Um, I, I reject the ideology that says, well, you, you're not facing persecution. This is just inconvenience. Oh, baloney. It's persecution. It's not to the level that we're being imprisoned yet. We haven't been yet 
completely torn away from our families. We haven't been uh, beaten in the streets. Well, I'll take that back. An evangelist out on the street preaching the gospel, shot in the head. Still not out of the woods yet from last thing I saw posted. Um, it is happening. It's beginning to happen more and more. But we're not at the level of, say, North Korea or the Middle East or uh, India or you know places in Africa or something like that. Um, we're not reached there yet. Do we want to avoid that? Absolutely. Do we want to war against those things that are bringing these, these uh, instances of persecution against us? Absolutely. Please, we need to do so. But how we speak should be representative of the gospel and of the, uh, of the Savior who purchased us, especially when he is the one who commands us in his scriptures to speak humbly, to speak graciously, to speak kindly. Um, and yes, it is a kindness. It is loving. It is gracious to expose evil. It is all of those things to rebuke sin. Absolutely. But it cannot be a foil for vile speech. It cannot be a foil for profane uh, you know, words and attitudes. We can't put it up and say, well, see, I'm being loving because I'm saying this is sin is bad. We still have to be constrained by scripture and to still live in such a way that shows that we actually believe what is in here. I think that's one of the things that gets missed in these conversations sometimes because I'll post this and somebody's going to take issue with it and say that I'm effeminate or I, I'm weak or, um, you know, I think one person who, uh, Kevin DeYoung, just did an article with regard to uh, uh, as what he called the uh, Moscow mood. And I got to read the article, I've seen bits of it, where he's talking about the the attitudes and stuff that are coming out of it and somebody basically said well i may not agree with doug wilson on everything but you know i take his speech over you know kevin DeYoung's limp-wristed and then got vile after that and it was vile um and that's what i'm talking about is that we don't get to to reject this because when we say we believe what's in here and we want the world to be held accountable to it well so do we we need to be held accountable to it and we don't get to push aside the commands of Christ and the, and, and, and the words penned through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to watch and bridle our tongues. So um, that's where I just kind of wanted to wrap that. I just wanted to put that out there. I, I think there, there's, some, there's more I'd like to say because I think there's more going on that's behind this. Uh, I've kind of I've tipped my hand a little bit on this with regard to it because of... Uh, Looking back to say the 2016 election and Donald Trump, etc., and the and the attitudes that came out of it, and what people are calling like the red pill movement and hyper patriarchy and, and some things out of that, and maybe that's a, something for another video if people be interested in seeing it, uh, something I can get into. But I don't want to take up too much more of your folks' time. Uh, I hope this has been helpful. This is not a video for you to share to say to someone else. You need to watch your mouth. Okay, that's not why I made this. I, I want all of us to bridle our tongues, myself included. I'm, I can be just as snotty on the uh, online as as the next guy. Um, I've taken to actually telling people, "Have a nice day," uh, because I don't want to say those things that naturally come to my mind. But that doesn't mean, as I'm typing those words, "Have a nice day," that there is not a lot of snark in that "Have a nice day." Um, I'm guilty of it too. So we all have to watch it. We all have to bridle those tongues and the hearts behind them. So um, I hope this has been helpful to you guys. Really appreciate this. I hope these these videos are useful in some way. Excuse me, as I try to get my screen to cooperate. Uh, 
Um, but I hope these these are useful to you all in some way, because I think that we often uh, learn things a little bit better when it's easy to listen on audio. But I sometimes think that there's there's something to be learned um, when we are dealing with are seeing things. When there's a let me rephrase that. There's a tangible way in which we learn things and receive things when there's something to be seen. Um, certainly, if I'd say a difference between uh, listening to say James White doing a podcast and watching his live stream, I'll watch and it, there's something that I gain a little bit more from. And uh, so, seeing those things up front, I think sometimes are helpful. So, I hope this has been useful to you guys. I really hope you are blessed by it. Uh, if it is, let me know. And if it, if this can help you and help others, so that we all are bridling our tongue, that means those of us that are interacting with someone who's maybe getting a little bit edgy, we got to bridle our tongues. <laughs> we got we got to be an example too. Then share it, please. I would I would ask you to do that. All right, so that will be it for this particular video edition. Uh, if you guys have thoughts on things that you would like to hear me uh, share, uh, videos that I could do, I, I would love to hear from you. You just can reach me uh, reach me through social media. Just look for Chris Honholtz, or, or you can find us at uh, it's at VOR underscore radio, or you can go to slavetothekingcom and send us an email through the contact us link. I'd love to hear from you there too. So uh, God bless you guys. Have a great uh, week. I'll try to do that. I can't say I'll be doing these every single week. I am in retirement right now, but, you know, because retirement only pays so much of the bills, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to work. And uh, I was a little bit surprised at the the job that I'm kind of trying to put in for. Seems to be anxious to start that a lot sooner than I thought they would. So um, these may be a bit more sporadic than I thought they'd be but I'm still looking forward to trying to do them a, a little more often. So God bless you guys. Uh, thank you again, and we will see you next time.